This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show. Uh, it's me, Stamford Chidge, and I don't know why I'm sounding so bloody happy, but there you go. Uh, maybe it's because I've got no more work for two weeks. That would probably help, but there you go. And on this show of the preview of the Chelsea Fancast of the weekend and everything else besides, we've got the marvellous Jonathan Kidd. Harumph. Harumph to you too. Um, I, I daren't ask how you are, actually. I, I saw your fan bite, so I kind of know, really. If you, you calm down a bit. No. No? You're still angry? Yes. That was the sweariest fan bite you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. No, I, I, I laughed my head off. I thought it was really... As, as with a lot of people who mentioned it, it actually cheered me up no end, funnily enough. So seeing you in pain made me feel so much better. I just worry if the season gets gets worse, whether I just... It's nothing but me going, fuck, 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 I, fuck, fuck. Do you know, you, I know we've kind of telegraphed this now, so it therefore can never happen, but I think it would probably be the most successful one ever if you just... Started and get, went fuck off, and then that was it. <laughs> Mic drop moment, you know, but maybe not. I don't know. JK, who have we got on the show tonight? We've got that fantastic double act. It's me and Newson. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a comedy duo. <laughs> me and Newson. Me and Newson. Um, it's uh, Brain of Stamford Bridge, Mark Me and, and uh, Football Dot London. Um, Man who knows everything there is to know about Chelsea, Adam Newsom. Mm, Adam, lovely to see you as always. How are you? I'm good, thank you for having me back, guys. Well, a couple of weeks since I did this. So. Is it really that long? We're slipping. <laughs> oh, you, we let you have a week off last week, didn't you? I believe so, yeah. I think Sam was on, wasn't he? So. No, 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 no. Sam was absent too. He was, oh, right. Yeah, uh, we had Liam, Liam Toomey on. Ah, oh, from paternity leave. Liam, paternity leaves Liam Toomey. Indeed. He's back in uh, the new year, so he tells us. So uh, it'd be good to have him back. And it was lovely to speak to him, actually, because it's been a while. But we missed you, as we always do, Adam. But lovely to see you tonight, as always. Mr. Meehan, we had you on last Friday, didn't we? 
We did indeed. And I was on a roll by successfully predicting the lineup. Yeah, I don't know how I'll do tonight after, you know, the decimation of our squad this week. Uh, and obviously, I'm here to save JK Soul tonight as well. I, I, <laughs> I, I so felt for it. That was a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fan bite. But it, I was just thinking, like, watching it today, is, can you imagine if you say beforehand, like, you know, Chelsea fans watching JK's fan bite as a drinking game. And every time he says, fuck, you have to drink. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Mark, as always, lovely to see you as well. Uh, two weeks in a row, aren't we lucky? Uh, let's kick off uh, with a chat about last... Let's talk about last night, Chelsea versus Everton. Adam, um, I mean, there's a, there's a million things we could talk about, and I, I've deliberately swerved JK on this one because we just simply don't have enough time to hear him rant about it for about two hours, which I know he's more than capable of. Bless him, and I do apologise to him for that. Um, no, 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 fair enough. But... Um, I mean, we could really summarise it very simply by saying, you know, the typical Chelsea failure to finish chances and defensive errors, or albeit one defensive error, cost us yet again, really, didn't it? Yeah, it's pretty much a very... Okay, we can all go home then. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas! (laughs) I mean, sadly, it's a game that we've all watched, I think, many times before over the last, I don't know, four years, maybe? Um Chelsea have a lot of chances, don't take them, get punished, and we're all left angry and frustrated and ruining what could have been. Um, I thought Thomas Tuchel's post-match press conference was very interesting just because he said something along the lines of, I don't know why this keeps happening, Um, which, you know, obviously he's paid to. But um, I can understand why he's a bit perplexed, given that Chelsea could have been, what, 4-0 up at half-time quite comfortably yesterday with a bit more... Ruthlessness. Um, so, yeah, it's a hard one to take. I mean, watching the first half, I really enjoyed the first half. I thought Chelsea were excellent. Um, and I couldn't really, you know, you wouldn't have known that we were without four attacking players, that Tuchel would have had to throw this team together essentially on the day of the game. But, yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating because it's happened so many times before now. Um, and then you get on to a wider point, or, and then, uh, you know, this is going to come up in a minute of why does this keep happening? And what can you do to change it when it's happened under three slash four different head yeah. coaches now? Well, I've got I've got a theory on that, but I've actually nicked it from Matt Law. But we'll we'll save that one for a minute. Um, J.K., you quite rightly said. I mean, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because I'm not I'm not a big moaner myself. I'm usually like to think of myself as fairly philosophical. And I am. No, no, that's not what I said. That's not what <laughs> I said at all. I said I am not usually a moaner or a. You know, I'm usually quite sanguine and philosophical about football, but you know, because you, you're in the WhatsApp group, and I was steaming last night, absolutely steaming about it. So I basically caught the mood. But I'm going to return to something that we've been talking about for a few weeks, really, which is this is proof, is it not, that some of the squad players are simply not good enough? Well, I, I always get bemused. It seems to go in, in, in sort of flashes, doesn't it? That if we play very well, we win 7-0 or we win easily, we've got the best best squad depth in Europe. And when we beat Juventus, everybody said, well, it's not surprising they've got such a wonderful squad, aren't they? Great. And the second that we have a negative negative response to, uh, to selecting some of the reserves, then uh, it's, well, it's because the reserves aren't very good. But um, I don't know. I wonder if it's something... Um, that the malaise is deeper than that. I wonder if there's something else. I mean, I'm worried about Tuchel's body language. I'm worried about the fact that he doesn't, 
he didn't come out as much and berate the players as he normally does if things don't work. He normally comes out and and speaks to his 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 bench uh, as if they're a kind of jury, and he's pointing and saying this didn't work, this didn't happen, and he's very animated. He's now taken to just sitting down for long periods and almost accepting. And um, but yes, you could say. I mean, it's interesting the people that you've chosen here. Um, I mean, we we. Um, let, we'll talk about the terrible twins first. I mean, I actually think that Saul is is um, akin to Yukanovich. I think he is as bad as Yukanovich was, the who Ranieri and all his his. Who's um, my, one of my most unfavourite players ever at Chelsea? Oh, as in, you know, indeed. You know. Oh, indeed, indeed. But we're 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 seeing exactly, exactly. Adam raises his hands. In, I know. Oh, in, I, in, he in, was what he was Watford manager, head coach. Yeah, indeed, he was he's a lovely bloke. He's oh, really a nice. lovely, lovely bloke. But as a footballer, <laughs> please, please. But you know, there are other people like we meet. Chidge is a lovely bloke. He's not asking him to go and play for, <laughs> for Chelsea. You know, so uh, you know, it, it's um, it it's becoming it's bewildering as to. I mean, he would say, "I didn't have the players," but surely anybody. Why make that substitution? All right, Alonso was possibly not playing as well as he could, but to to put Saul, I mean, playing Saul now has become, I mean, he makes so many mistakes, and he was he kept them on side for the goal and missed the header. And but anyway, the other pe- people you've chosen, Pulisic, agree completely. Chidge, bizarre, bizarre um, disintegration of a player who was two years ago um, Hazard's replacement and played wonderfully. And uh, as I said on the fan bite last night, he he ran around as if he was wearing an invisibility cloak. It was just absolutely bizarre. He just didn't contribute anything. Now, I think Alonso wasn't bad in the first half. As you said, Adam, I think the first half was actually pretty good. I think um, it was just once again, it's the finishing, whereas the second half, it just became um, well, particularly because of his substitutions. I don't, I'm not I'm not getting it. I'm not getting his involvement at the moment. I'm not getting I'm, not, I'm finding even he's a bit slightly aggressive in his in the in the press conferences he's he, he's not the same i suppose because they're losing there's not the same warmth we're getting from him there's not the same intellectual debate going on it's slightly i'm annoyed by this and fair enough perhaps he is but the fact that he doesn't know what's happening when you know to me it's there's there is moments of pretty obviousness you know when when mount gets through one on one with pickford and just decides to try and tap it into the corner when he could have just done anything and scored you just think there is an instinct missing from them in some way is there is that what it is this is happening so regularly that i i he can't put his finger on it and he's the sodding best manager in europe supposedly so what indeed is the answer but in those players i actually didn't think zayak had a very bad first half chidge I actually thought he was pretty good in the first half. Um, and um, Well, I mean, uh, you know, everybody calls Zayac a magician and a wizard. I think what he's really, his real talent is at making himself disappear. Well, uh, in the second half, but he, he did that wonderful, uh, that's clever, Chidge. Thank it, you. It, Thanks it, for it, acknowledging it. You know, yeah, I've worked yeah, well, very well, hard. Well, I've been thinking about that one all day, mate. Ages right. and ages. I saw that. That that dummy that he did. Do you remember that dummy he did which, when yeah, he went? Brilliant, through, I know. Brilliant. brilliant. And there were, there were some moments of brilliance from Zayac, which somebody... Uh, uh, how can I put this? A better striker, somebody more yeah, but, more in on it, should have scored yeah, from that. I know. JK, the, the thing about Ziyech is that he's like what my dad used to call me in terms of my education whenever he used to get my annual report. Son, you are like the curate's egg. You're good yeah. in parts and terrible in others. I always thought it was just good in parts. Yeah, well, he my, maybe that was just my dad's emphasis then. But Yeah, yeah, yeah I think mm-hmm. it was. Um, Mark, uh <laughs> 
JK has ever made some decent points there. I mean, I, 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 I have actually. I mean, I'm not. Well, am I questioning too? I suppose I am. I mean, you know, how how culpable culpable was he? Or, you know, maybe we do have to uh, acknowledge that you know Tuchel doesn't kick the ball, and also was stuffed by. I mean, he basically was playing a front a front lineup of the players that were available last night, thanks to this bloody COVID outbreak and the injuries that we've got anyway. So. You know, maybe a little bit of understanding about that. But, I mean, you know, how, how culpable was he really, do you think? I, th- I think I'd probably start and sort of say, look, you know, as you just said, we had players out last night, you know, because of COVID, and we, we can come back to that later. But nonetheless, it was still poor last night. And you know, you know me, I'm the eternal optimist. Uh, but I, I thought, you know, whether you look at Burnley, Man United, West Ham, that things went wrong there. Last night, that second half was poor. I agree in the first half. I thought in the first 15 minutes, we had five chances. We had Reese James's chance. A bit like Mount, you know, he tried to chip it, place it, where he just blasted it. He probably would have gone in. You know. But it don't matter what team we had out there last night, and, and that's probably the only 11 he could pick. We were playing Everton's youth team, let's be frank. You know. uh, no, no, no let's be super frank. Let's be super frank, yes. And, that, and again, on that, so why the bloody hell were pe- people singing last night with Super Frank Lampard? He's not our manager as much as we love him. He's not our manager anymore. Get behind the bloody team. I digress. Um, yeah. Bravo, bravo, yeah. Mark. Bravo. Yeah. You know, it don't really matter who was missing last night. And that's a source of frustration if you heard Pat Nevin today. That starting 11 should have been good enough to beat Everton last night. Hands bloody down, you know. Uh, and I think the frustration, and I, and I don't know whether this comes into Tuchel and coaching, whatever, but that passing sideways stuff we were doing last night, and then we pass it back, and then it goes sideways, and then it goes back again. You know, pass it bloody forward, you know. And on the rare occasions, obviously, like that we did, on the one occasion, you know, we broke and we scored through man. When we get in front of goal, uh, and I feel a bit of amazing for that chance, because I thought it was a good save by Pickford, you know, but we're still not clinical enough in front of goal for, you know, when we do get in front of goal. So it comes back to what are we doing on the training ground? Are people leaving their shooting boots at home? Pickford probably played well enough, like made some good saves. But our finishing at the end part, our end product, is just so poor. You know, and I don't know what we should have learned by now, really. You know, this isn't a, a phenomenon that's happened in the last 48 hours. This has been going on for weeks now. It was the same against West Ham. It was the same against Burnley. It was the same against Manchester. If we don't put our chances away, and where are we sitting, you know, even when we went one nil up, we said we have to get two because even though Everton have done sod all, you know, one chance, one set piece, and they're back in the game. We have to put the game to bed. And how many times this season, better people than I might say, but have we taken the lead this season and let a lead slip? Yeah, we've, we've done that um, quite often, we've quite often as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think the more frustrating thing about last night, I don't know if they showed it on telly, obviously Everton fans at the start, they had two banners up. One was sack the board and the other one was Benitez, get out of our club. Now, at the end, you know, we've kept Benitez in, in his job last night. You know, if you think about it, they were cheering like mad as if they'd won the FA Cup. You know, he had players out. He had some kid making his debut. The guy who scored had only played his first game of the season. You know, but, you know, Benitez could have been gone last night. If we'd done to Everton what we should have done, which is what, what Man City did to the same lead sides we played last weekend the other night, we should have put easily... You know, I even changed my Prem prediction. I actually predicted 4-0 before the game and changed it to 2 with all the players out. But I still thought we, we would win. You know. uh, and, you know, JK mentioned Saul. Um, it's quite an interesting one. 
know, and this comes back to the question about Tuchel, you know, what the bloody hell was he doing up front? <laughs> that was just bizarre. Yeah, it know. was, wasn't it? I mean, we didn't it's mention just, that. But... Really, but again, <clears throat> apparently our head scout watched Saul for two years. Two years we've been watching him. Now, unlike... Maybe it was Raoul and not Sowell. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> maybe 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 he's watching some. Maybe he's watching better calls or who knows. But <laughs> we've been watching him for two years. Clearly, and that's why I was saying this, you know, like when I was on the other time. If he's playing for Chelsea Football Club, he should not be a bad player. So there should be something about this guy that clearly we haven't seen because for the four hundred minutes he's played for Chelsea, there aren't many moments you can hi- highlight so far. And you may not have got the latest issue of Fanzine I picked up last night. Clayton of this parish, he actually mentions Saul in his article, and he actually does make a really good point. Clayton, unlike me, watched Atletico last year and oh. actually says he's a good player. And Clayton was really looking forward to him coming to Chelsea. But as he says at the same time, you know, you know, we really haven't seen it so far, and he hasn't got the luxury of the time needed to perhaps do what he can do. And I actually think, unfortunately for Saul, his time is now up. Mm. Um, and I'll be very surprised if he plays much more football well, if we get the players back in the new year. I, I, I do wonder about that because, I mean, this is the other thing, actually. I, I addressed this to Adam before. And I, I want to kind of segue this into what, what Matt Law said, actually, Adam. I don't know if you've had the chance to read his... No, uh, it's, it's an interesting piece, but uh, um, I don't know how I managed to access it on the Telegraph, either, because I, I didn't think I'd signed up. But there you go. Anyway, I digress. Um, I do wonder... And I mean, you know, we, we started this whole ball rolling, didn't we, really, this evening by talking about, you know, have we been deceived about how good the quality of the squad is? And actually, maybe what it boils down to is we've got a, a really good kind of 13, maybe 14 players. But beyond that, actually, they are pretty average. But I wonder about this, about Tuchel, and you may be a lot closer to this than we all are. I, I do get the impression that Tuchel does set a lot of... Uh, by how players do in training. I think we've seen a lot of team selections based on that proposition this season. That if they, I mean, you know, the classic was Werner starting against United because he was doing really, really well in training and scoring goals. But I think here's the rub. Training is bloody different from playing in a game. You know, and I I wonder, and this is where it segues into um, Matt Law's article, is that, uh, you know, their mentality in a game is so much different than it is on the training pitch, where, of course, I mean, it's like the classic argument about penalties, isn't it, Adam? You can't practice penalties because you can never replicate the in-game situation, you know. Well, it's the same with, with, with scoring a goal or doing a good tackle or doing a good pass. You don't have the same pressure on you as when it happens in the game and it counts. And I wonder if poor old Tommy Tuchel is putting too much faith and trust in average players who can do it in training but are abject in the game. Yeah, perhaps. Um, it is a tricky one, I think, this, because obviously we've, you know, I think I've, I've been on here before over the last couple of months and said, yeah, Chelsea's squad is a big, it is a, is a deep squad, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a big squad and we can sometimes get tricked into thinking it's uh, better than it is just by the sheer size of it. Um, I do feel that Tuchel, like the subs last night, obviously partly due to circumstance, but I think he was genuinely trying to find something different, trying to make something happen with Sowell going up front I mean it didn't work at all and I actually thought the subs were probably detrimental to Chelsea's performance but he was trying to find a way to get that goal um, in sort of the limited ways he could and trust me from sitting in the press box behind Tuchel he wants Chelsea to play forward 
some of the uh well it's in german but i imagine some of the words he uses when a ball doesn't go forward he gets very pissed off fundamentally and there's one moment yesterday where he literally screamed ross barkley's name across the pitch when he didn't move it quickly enough um all the time though surely <laughs> i think it's when he did a step over or two and and took all literally just yes, yes, bellowed, yes, bellowed yes. at him because oh, obviously we're probably about 10, 10, 10 he just went ross i'm afraid i went step overs um it's a, it's a weird i find it's it's it's, it's i don't know how much Chelsea being Chelsea influences Tuchel and look there may be times when he really wants to call out certain individuals and highlight certain things but is very wary of you do that at Chelsea you run the risk of losing players and when you do that we tend to know what happens quite quickly so there's this balancing act of, of trying to find solutions trying to pick teams trying not to lose players trying to keep everyone happy trying to win games trying to, to cover injuries and I just think at the moment it's it's proving a little bit too much for him to try and keep everything in line and and yeah look it's hard because yeah the performance wasn't bad 45 minutes yesterday Chelsea should have been out of sight and then we're talking about good win back on track and everything but yeah well you know Reese Reese and Mount should have had a hat trick you're right I mean Mark yeah. you wanted to come in on something yeah, I, I was going to say it was like the point about the substitutions is, you know, I know you, you can only play the hand you're dealt and obviously it was then restricted, but those substitutions just didn't work. And I'm not sure if it's then trusting um, because I think most people have seen by now, and we said this a few weeks ago, there is only one place you can play Ross Barkley. And it's not really besides... In the reserve team. Him. No, 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 no. If you're playing him and you have to play him, and he, to be fair, he has given Ross opportunities in recent weeks, you've got to play him further forward. So yes. if you were minded to play anyone a bit further forward rather than Saul, maybe, you know, maybe play Ross Barkley a bit further forward, you know, because, you know, he is, when he gets the ball, he, you know, he does try and shoot, you know, and we, we've seen that before. He's got goals, you know, from midfield. But, you know, Bringing him on to change the game and then plonking him where he did just just didn't work. Putting Saul up front and then bizarrely for a short period of time. And I appreciate and I can do my cloak of invisibility now. Yeah, yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, putting Pulisic left wing back was just really weird. Like there was a ten minute spell, you know, where he was out there on the left. I thought this is just strange. What the hell is going on? And is that the players making the decisions on the pitch or is it coming from the manager? And I that's what I mean. I think Tuchel's just going, yeah. well, we haven't scored here. We need to score. I'm going to try and do Get something different to make try and make it happen. And with the limited resources he had last night, and I think he is genuinely trying to find a solution. I'm not trying to sound like a Tuchel apologist because um, I'm not, but I do think he's just was last night just trying, genuinely trying to find a way to win that game. And then obviously once Chelsea took the lead, Saul dropped into the midfield and then made a mistake with the goal and then he was pushed back forward and then he was on the left and Sokol was trying to shift players around to try and make something happen and you know it, it didn't work out for him and Chelsea sadly but um, yeah to, to listen to him this really really astute tactical coach a guy who has outsmarted Guardiola has beaten Klopp has beaten Simeone all in the space of however many months since you know he took charge of Chelsea to go yeah I don't really know why this continues to happen was quite in interesting. We've heard it before, and I think actually Matt 
Matt Law alludes to this. I mean, he, I disagree with him on one. I mean, basically, the headline actually says in, in, what the entire article is about, and I've copied it here. It says, lack of mental strength, poor decision-making, and contract uncertainty have caused Chelsea malaise. I mean, I, he, he then goes on to say the injuries are a red herring. I, I fundamentally disagree with that because I still think you take the quality of players out of any side and they would have struggled in the way that we have. But I do think he makes some good points. I mean, the lack of mental strength is, is, is about the players. And this is something that's been alluded to by every manager we've had since. Well, I no, I'd go before that. I mean, Mourinho questioned it. Um, I'm just trying to think. Maybe the last manager that we had that didn't question that, what a surprise, was probably uh, Carlo Ancelotti. Right? Does this not stem from the club, though? Because, look, and I might be overstepping or, or incorrect, but Chelsea players know they don't have to dig in. They know that if results go south, it's not them who have to really dig in and get the club out of their situation because they know that the club will act. If it gets to a point where results are so poor, the club will step in and, and then you get that bounce or you hope you get that bounce and you get a fresh start and, and the process gets repeated and repeated. And look, players have changed and lots of players have come and gone, but that overriding, this is how the club operates, is still there. And it must be difficult to, to shake that off if you're any head coach. Yeah, it's a very good point. And I mean, the irony of, of that, I mean, what we're really talking about here, JK, isn't it, is, is player power and you know, we can't have our cake and eat it too in that respect because, of course, we all used to applaud the player power of the likes of Drogba and Lampard and Terry and Cole when they, and Czech when they got rid of idiots like AVB. And, but, of course, you know, that's been absorbed into the, using a very Chelsea word, the DNA of the club. And we are where we are as a result of that. And, I mean, Tuchel, I still think, JK, is one of the best managers in the world. I don't think that that's changed. So... No, of course it hasn't. It can't possibly. He won, he won the, the Champions League with those players in 36 games. That will always make him um, possibly the best ever manager who's managed at Chelsea. But um, uh, I think the thing is, is that some of those players who may have these mental, um, this lack of mental strength aren't, aren't the best ones. Um, and uh, it just means that possibly um, when you had that, that doubt during the Lampard era, um, uh, they would they would bounce back with a new manager because they want to get rid of the manager, didn't they? It would be a consensus. It would almost be we can do this. Whereas I don't think they want to get rid of Tuchel. I don't think that's their that's their aim in the slightest. It's it's just um, uh, is it a fight thing? I don't know. Is it? I mean, you, we can't surely put put their inability to put the ball in the net down to to a mental strength thing. I mean, is that is that what we're saying? Is that what Matt Law is saying? Errors. Errors. Just errors. But is, the, is that in the last third of the game, the errors? So it's the... Well, it's you the could say the... that, couldn't you? Well, you could you could do, but I don't think you can say that that free kick was uh, was a mistake from... Um, was a mental strength error. It was entirely down to Saul keeping... Being shit. Keeping the... Yeah. And and we've we've specifically pointed out that he's as bad as Jokanovic. But if so Alonso think, if Alonso was in that position, which he would have been, you could argue that might not have been a goal. Indeed, indeed. So therefore, it was a managerial decision. Well, therefore, that, I mean, we we wrote Saul off the other when when the terrible twins played together the other day. We said, well, with a bit of luck, they'll never ever play yeah. together again. Lo and behold, there they are, wheeled out again. And I know that this is because there's an injury problem, but. Um, 
I don't think we've ever had Kante and Kovacic injured at the same time, though. I no, think that's, no. that's just been a coincidence. I, I still think that that's a real issue. And I'm going to mark first, and then I'm going to go back to Adam. And I, I'll tell you what, Adam, I'll tee you up because I want to, because, you know, Matt Law, like you, is very close to the club. So actually, when I read his stuff, I, I do tend to listen a bit more. And he's mentioned about the, the contract uncertainty and if that's had a, an issue. And I really want to ask you about that, that as, well as, likely, though, as, well as, as well as what you want to say anyway. But mark, mark first, and then Adam. Yeah, you know, if you look at the players on the pitch last night, I don't think it's a lack of mental strength. You know, you look at players like Rudiger, you look at Thiago Silva, you look at Aspel Equator, you look at Mount, you look at Reese James, you look at Jorginho, you look at Alonso. I don't, I don't think, I, I do think it's more about poor decision making, you know, and mistakes and do, just doing some really like stupid things. Because again, you know, even though he had his cloak of invisibility on last night, Pulisic, and he didn't have, bless him, you know, a, a good game, you know. There was at least one occasion last night where we were pumping the ball up to him. And you sort of think, he's not Didier bloody drug for crying out loud. You know? So if you're playing Pulisic at that forward position, play to the guy's strengths. And he, you know, you know, he is far better you know, running at you know, you know, the defenders than having the ball pumped up to him and, and trying to make something out of that. So, yeah. so there, is, there is a bit there like you know, poor decision making by his teammates on the pitch and, you know, and how they provide service to him as well. But having said that, he did not have a good game last night. And he hasn't really had a good game for quite some time. His best performances were when we were locked down. So if we go into lockdown again, Pulisic will probably be our best player again. You never know. <laughs> uh, Adam, you, what did, a, a, what did you want to come in with? And B, what do you think about the contract uncertainty and how that might be affecting things? Uh, I, I, the contract stuff, I mean, he, I understand the approach that Chelsea took with Christensen. I, I know why they did it, but... Maybe hindsight, this is with the benefit of hindsight, of course, his last few, few performances, and I know he didn't play last night, haven't been anywhere near the level that he was at throughout the rest of 2021. So maybe that has dented his confidence or whatever. has It has impacted him a little bit. Chidge, might you have a better understanding of that? Or would have Perhaps a better understanding going. that more than going. me? No, I, 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 I still think he'll, st- uh, out of, out of right. the two, he's far from more likely to stay. Um, and my colleague Daniel Charles ran an interesting view on this of, that Chelsea have treated the lad who's more likely to stay in a far harsher way than the guy who's more likely to go. So make of that what you will. Um, well, I, I, think, think... I think that, sorry, Adam, I think that is psychological, actually, because as we all know in human behaviour, we tend to treat the closest people to us with more contempt than the people that we we don't that aren't close to us at all. I mean, it's the classic familiarity breeds contempt idea, isn't it? Oh, yes, I've heard of that. Um, <laughs> not that that so, applies to any of us obviously <laughs> I love you all and always have you know I love you all. can I say I love you all too <laughs> this is how Chelsea needs to be run mate to not have love in the house I love Mark more than you Chidge I've never liked you much really to be honest <laughs> I've just on, yeah, I don't think Rudiger's that affected, to be honest. I don't think there'd be much that affects Tony Rudiger um, in life in general, uh, to be honest, just from the persona. Uh, as Piantiago, I still think if both of them want to stay, Chelsea will give them contracts. So I'm not sure, personally, um, that there's a huge issue there. I think Christensen's the one. Yeah, you, you could argue that, that that's caused him some uh, sort of a downslide. Um I was just going to say, and, and and Mark mentioned it. You know, I I didn't really think mentality was the issue last night. It was mistakes, and if we are questioning other people's mentality, I'm just going to say Mason Mount has stepped up again in the last yeah. few weeks. 
just as Chelsea have hit a bit of a tricky spot, Mount has stepped up his performance levels much in the same way he did uh, when things got a bit tough under Lampard. So uh, I know people think I'm just being a Mason Mount fanboy. But Mason Mount stand, pace and pounds, get it right. Credit to the guy because both in the last couple of years when Chelsea have hit a bit of a tricky spot, he's then managed to produce some yeah. of his best football. So, um, so yeah, credit to him. Well, it's not lost on me, actually, that when it comes to the mentality of players, I think that the Cobham graduates' mentality is absolutely spot on because they. I know this is going to sound very anti-foreign player or whatever, but I don't really care. I think it's an absolute fact. Their mentality is rock solid. You know, they get it. Can I just, and I know JK's going to like this because it's a plug for a piece I did, uh, but I interviewed James Simmons, who is uh, an academy coach at Chelsea, but he's actually essentially on loan at, at, at AFC Wimbledon. Um, and I spoke to him uh, last week for a piece. Um, and he said within this piece that, look, at Chelsea, yes, the academy is about development, but we see winning as a part of that development. You have to learn how to win if you're going to play for the Chelsea first team. And we drilled that into them from a very young age that, yes, if you're going to play in Chelsea, you need to win. And that is why I think you see the likes of, of Reese and Mason and before then Tammy, like these guys want to win. Um, and and yeah, so I wouldn't really question their mentality on that front just because it's what they've known, essentially. Indeed it is. And right. Sorry, Mark, go on. Very quickly, I don't think they showed it on television. The other thing about Mount last night at the end of the game, for people that stayed behind, he walked round the whole pitch, all stands, clapping the supporters who yeah. stayed behind. Class act. If he's not Class the act. captain of Chelsea Football Club within the next five years, I want to know why. That, that's leadership. You know. yeah. uh, and, and again, credit to him. Who else was out there last night? Alonso was out there as well, even okay. though he got something to do. Fair play. Alonso came back out and applauded the fans. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, and, and that point you're making, uh, if people don't get Mason now, you never will. No. The guy is a leader and he's a future captain. Absolutely right. Um, right, we, 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 we've ignored totally the, the the you know presser and what's about to happen this weekend so we need to kind of like try and cover it very quickly so i'll focus on adam if the boys don't mind but do chip in as and when you want to um obviously the main issue adam is what the hell is he going to do in terms of picking a team for sunday now uh i mean you know i think it's minute by minute the whole covid thing and i, I missed something i mean when the boys you know when we talk about uh, might line up later on. Uh, I didn't realise at the time that Havertz looks as though he will be okay. But what he did mention was that that Jorginho and Loftus Cheek are are injured, so may not be available, and Kante and Kovacic are just about available. So I think my first question to you is: Do you think? I mean, do you think that Kante, Kante, Kante and Kovacic will make it? But the other question, actually, because I think you might know this better than me, because uh, I'm a bit uh, remiss on this kind of thing. If we've got players who are underperforming, like I think we clearly have, the evidence being the last couple of games that we've seen, are there not any kind of youth players that we haven't loaned out that might be available and might be a better option? Because given what we just said about the attitude of the Cobham graduates, they may they may actually try harder. I would be surprised just because Tuchel, I think, would be very reticent to call up a kid and throw him straight in because he wouldn't understand the, the tactical side of it because... We've seen a lot of players that took as well at Chelsea, you know, go out the side when they haven't done exactly what he wants them to do on the pitch. Callum Hudson-Odoi at Southampton last season brought on, brought off. Um, I think it'd be very hard for a kid to be dropped into that. Maybe they could be on the bench, um, but I'm not quite sure yet about the rules of COVID and bubbles and, and forming all this back up. Um, so it, it seems like an obvious thing to do. Um, and if Chelsea don't, there must be a reason for it. Um, but yeah, I think Kante and Kovacic 
I can't see him starting Kovacic just because he's been out for two months and it would be reckless almost because you're, you're just inviting another injury then. Um, Kante probably can start. I think Jorginho and Ruben will travel. Um, whether or not they'll be fit to play, I don't know. And obviously the big elephant in the room here is that the, uh, the whole squad gets tested again tomorrow before they head off to Wolves after training. And at that point, who knows? Because it is, as Tuchel said himself, it's a lottery. Every day the players get tested before they go into Cobham and you don't know what those tests are going to throw up until until they're done. Right. Uh, thanks, Adam. Mark, I know you had your hand up just slightly before JK. So Mark and oh. then JK. Yes, it's true. I'm being fair, all right? No, it, I know. It, I'm, it, just, it, I'm it disappointed quick, I didn't get very in. Very quick you know? question, JK. It was basically to Adam, that, that point about the youth team, the question like Chidge was asking, uh, have, have you got any intel of actually are any of them training regularly you know, with the first team at this present moment in time? Because you, you made a valid point about the bubble. Yeah, are are any of the likes of Harvey Vale, or even for that matter, the they never seen Lewis Baker because he's playing regularly. You know, in in the development side as the senior player, are any training with the first team? Not that none of them have been training regularly with the first team, partly because the squad's big. Um, so it's yeah, only been when it's only when there's been numbers needed yeah. to to fill out certain positions. And uh, yeah, from from what I understand at the moment, there's been nothing about Vale called up or anything. Um, obviously, that could change. <laughs> again, depending on what happens yeah, yeah. tomorrow, um, yeah. I do feel for Tuchel and, and the rest, and not just Tuchel. Every Premier League head coach at the moment is sort of living and, and dying by what happens in lateral flow tests at the beginning of a day, um, and will be for some time, I imagine. J.K. Bean. As one of the pressers, he mentioned the spirit of the squad because I remember somebody asked him whether or not he was going to buy anybody in the transfer window, and he said no, it would upset the balance. So he's obviously very keen on the squad being maintaining um, uh, a, a decent morale and anybody new coming in, he doesn't want them to be affected. And I think it works um, in, in, the, in the, the other way as well, the reverse way, which is if a, if a, a, a member of the, uh, of the youth team come in, he doesn't want them to be out of their depth and affected by the fact that they haven't played at all, even though they would be nurtured to go in. I think it would be at this stage, it's almost a... Um, uh, a, a step too far for them, um, unless, of course, he's got no one else to 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 uh, to come in. I mean, he did actually say yesterday, um, uh, sorry, today in the, in the press conference that uh, if he didn't have, if Loftus Cheek and Jorginho were injured, he didn't have anybody else to play midfield. He actually mentioned about Kovacic being it might happen, but do you think we might then see the return of Saul in midfield? As, a, as an option instead. I mean, it was quite damning that he didn't mention him there, wasn't it? It really? was, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, wasn't it? He said, there's uh, no one else. I was thinking, oh, surely, you, wait a second. You could put you could put Christensen or James or Chaloba or any two yeah. of those three in midfield. Yeah, I think Trevor's the shout there. I was surprised he didn't mention that as a, as a genuine option, seeing as he, as he got some minutes under his belt the other night and wasn't out for too long. Um, so that could be something that happens, but yeah, I noticed that JK too, and I thought, oh, that's uh, that's quite damning on a on a lad who's started nineteen odd games for Spain, has played in the Champions League final, has played two hundred and fifty games for Atletico Madrid, not even mentioned as a potential. But option. Adam, I don't care what he was like playing for it. There's, there's, oh, don't get me wrong; he's been good pony, mate. But Dreadful, he yeah. isn't. He. But he, he, no. But he, on the evidence of what we see <laughs> right now, I mean, that's my point. I love, no, I love. I understand. I understand. But he, he, he can't be a bad footballer. He has had a career which has been a yeah, very but, impressive career. But you know, Bakayoko. Whatever. 
Bakayoko yeah. when he played for Marseille. I saw. I, I. I mean, I saw the Champions League games he played in when he was playing for Monaco. Was it Monaco? It was Monaco. Monaco, wasn't it? Monaco. And he was brilliant. And then he played for us, and he was utter shit. Djukanovic was a good player. You know, in those days, I think it was no, it was the Yugoslavia had disappeared by then. But he was a good player, and then he played for us, and he was abject. You know what happened last year with Atletico Madrid is history. We're now dealing with the present. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not been bad because he really, really has. I'm just saying he cannot be a bad footballer, or he cannot be as anything near as bad as he has been for Chelsea to have had the career that he has previously had, and to have been signed by Chelsea. To have been Quite signed by Chelsea really. as well, obviously. He must well, that was his good. reputation. He was given a nine-year contract by Atletico Madrid a few years ago. He's yeah. still got, I think, five years on that. He's one of their top earners. You don't give someone a nine-year contract on massive money unless they're oh. very good. But rest and assured, the second he goes back to Atletico Madrid, he'll play out of his skin. Probably well, he, he, does. He, he wasn't downward trend last year, which is why he left in the first place. Well, indeed. But, um, Honestly, anyway. it should be like us, Adam. We're only as good as our last podcast, mate. That's how it works here, mate. None of, none of this yeah. bloody the pressure. Yeah, exactly. I've, if I've got the wrong mental attitude, I'm yeah. out. But that's why we're so bloody good, mate. You see, that's why you see, you know, there's none of this Tommy Tuchel nonsense here, mate. Under the gaffer here, we're always on it. Every bloody podcast, mate. Whoa. I tell you. It's not working for me, Chidge. not working. <laughs> remember, Chidge, about history. And we talk about history and salt. We don't relive history. We make history. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> but hang on. If we all down tools, Chidge, does that mean you get replaced? Yeah. that's what's always happened no but i mean if you want to talk about history i mean this is like remember those room i mean you might you might be too young and i don't mean that in a patronizing way at all adam but you might remember these rock family tree things mark will be very aware of them i'm sure sounds newspaper yeah Yeah. okay and and if you look at all great bands you know there's there's just this massive family tree as soon as the basses fucks up they're out and you bring a new one in and on and on it goes this is the pattern of the fan cast who is Dr. Mart, I hear you cry, you know? Oh, exactly, yeah. you know. Cheltel, Stuart, Chel-tel. they've all gone, Ooh. mate. All replaced, and we carry on, and it's still as good as ever. I hope, anyway. Um, Pablo, Pablo. Pablo, yeah, exactly, you know, exactly that, you know. Um, anyway, I have to say, JK has lasted a lot longer than most. I'm hanging on by, by my bootstraps. So either he, either he's bloody good or I've just got more tolerant as I get older. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, enough. It's the money I pay you. <laughs> well, that's true. That always helps. Listen, let's just wrap this part up uh, with a couple of quick questions, really, Adam, because, I mean, you keep mentioning the, the whole COVID thing and you're absolutely right. And there is, a, there is, I mean, a question I wonder whether we should all be asking. And, of course, a question that I think, you know, in the presser, uh, Tommy Tuchel alluded to, I mean, what he alluded to really was that he wondered how the players are, are, are going through this. And I suppose in the same way that we're all going through this and that there there may be, you know, the fear about COVID and what's happening, potential lockdowns, the threat to family and friends, et cetera, et cetera. That might be playing on their minds because, you know, they are actually human. They're not robots. And in a sense, do you think, you know, do you think that, that the game should be going ahead due to this chaos? I mean, I think, again, in the press, it was mentioned that Eddie Howe, is talking already about the integrity of the league when you've got a team with you know half half the decent players out carrying on because they have to. What does that really mean? I mean, what, what, where do you stand and what do you think about all of that? I mean, it's very complex, isn't it? I mean, from Chelsea's perspective, I guess there's the argument of you know the team they put out last night isn't a bad team, so you could just repeat that hopefully. But if there's further COVID cases at Cobham, and how can you not then start to question if the game should be going ahead and whether or not Chelsea are going to be impacted in a title race 
that they were already slipping away from if you don't have Lukaku, Werner, Hudson Odoi, uh, obviously Chilwell was out and injured already, but then you lose more players and it does feel very difficult. Um, but Chelsea's schedule this season is so packed. I genuinely don't know when they play games if 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 games are called off because they would have to be rescheduled and then we'd probably be here in March, April going, bloody hell, we've got four games in the space of nine days or something. And then again, how is that as, as keeping the integrity of the league as well? So I do feel for people trying to placate everybody here and trying to do the right thing, uh, which I hope everyone is at, at the Premier League, trying to make sure it is as a level of playing field as it can be. Um, and just on the players' front, of course, of course it's affecting them. It would be weird if it wasn't. Um, I'm sure you guys are similar to me. You're looking at the news every day going, oh, bloody hell, this is getting worse very quickly. You're wondering what to do about certain events or certain things you've been invited to, whether you should go, whether you should stay at home. And, and the players are no different to, to you and me at the end of the day. You earn a lot more money and get to play football every day. Um, they have the same issues. They have the same family concerns. We all do. So it would be strange if it wasn't impacting them, to be honest. Mm. Mark? Yeah, I don't know if you know, Adam, whether it's true or not. They were saying on the BBC website that the Premier League is meant to be meeting on Monday to actually discuss you know, what's happening. Because clearly, I think there's five games called off this weekend. I think uh, nine games off during the last week. And there, there is a danger. It could be just getting ridiculous now. You know, But you're right. You know, it wasn't quite full last night at Stamford Bridge. And I, I know people who've got family members that chose not to go because they're working on that timeline. Well, if I have to isolate for 10 days... You know, I can't go and see my parents on Christmas Day. So, yeah, I accept the players would be probably, some of them would be thinking that, that way as well. So it's almost almost soon we'll get to the point of being ridiculous. And that whole thing about integrity, not saying Premier League clubs would necessarily do it, but with so much money riding on this, there was examples last year elsewhere in the football world where there was a cloud of suspicion over some clubs, like folding and basically saying they couldn't fulfil their fixture at a particular weekend. And... With weakened sides, yes, we had a strong side last night, but other clubs whose squad, we debate that, aren't as big as ours. Yeah, there is that potential risk that some clubs will just be, they'll lose less players. Is there a sort of a limit where how many men down do you have to be before the game gets called off? Because obviously Brentford, you know, we're playing them next week and Thomas Frank has already got 13 players down uh, and he's asked for all matches to be called off, you know, until after Christmas, yeah. I believe if you dive into the Prem regs deep enough, I think it says someone there, if you have 14 players available, you can fulfil a fixture. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, whether or not that counts really in these COVID times, I'm not sure because it seems a bit ludicrous to, to force a team into a game mm. when they have 14 available players. I just don't see that happening. It would, it would almost certainly be postponed. So, yeah, it's, um, it is a very weird place the Premier League's in right now. And, I don't know. To me, it feels inevitable that it will get stopped at some point. Yeah. It's okay. my feeling. It's, it's my feeling. It's not based on any information. It's just how I feel that they'll stop it for two weeks, try and get things under control. But how can you do that when the country is not particularly under control with it at the moment? I don't know. But it does feel like we're heading to an inevitable close of play for at least a couple of weeks. Mm, interesting stuff. Well, we shall see. And of course, this is the other thing we just don't know, which is kind of no doubt driving a lot of people up the wall. I tell you what we do know with absolute certainty, and that's that Adam Newson is a very fine man and a brilliant journalist. And we're absolutely delighted and lucky to have him on our show as regularly as we do. So thank you, as always, Adam. 
Thank you very much, Chish. It's very kind of you. It's absolutely meant completely and utterly with massive authenticity. I, I have a feeling we might not see you until Christmas, actually. I'm just kind of checking the... I think uh, that's probably right, because I'm actually off for a couple of weeks over Christmas. So um, Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we've got, a, we've got a show next Thursday with a bit of luck. So, yeah, in which case, I'd love to wish you a massively happy Christmas, a safe Christmas, and a prosperous, happy and safe New Year, mate. And thank you for, for your sterling effort this season. It's been an absolute joy. And as I said, I thank you hugely for it. No worries. I hope you guys all have uh, good Christmases too. Get to enjoy the families. I echo all of Chidge's sentiments. Mm. Yeah. Have a good Christmas, Adam. Yeah, Brilliant you stuff. There care. you go. Thanks, mate, as always. We'll see you very soon. I hope you take care. There we go. It's the wonderful Adam Newson from Football.London. And uh, we are going to have a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about our preview of the uh, the Wolves versus Chelsea game. So don't go away. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show i am of course stanford chidge and i'm joined by the um indefatigable mr jonathan kidd harumph harumph indeed and uh the equally delightful uh mark Meehan, who i can tell you for those watching in black and white is uh sporting his champions of europe t-shirt from philosophy football is it or was it the other one 
Oh, I can't remember. It was um football, t- yeah, football t-shirts. I football think t-shirts. Oh, three six five, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got one of those. They're cracking, actually. I mean, luckily, yeah. I've got two. I've got one that's fat boy size and one that's kind of relatively normal size. So I've managed to cover all bases with that. So I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Anyway, we digress. Now I've slimmed down. Now yeah. I've slimmed down to a size where I can wear my fred perry polo shirt which i haven't fitted into for years but anyway the middle name is svelte it is it? it is that's my swedish alter ego of course you know anyway uh we better talk about the game on sunday if in fact if in fact there is a game because we don't know do we it's the wolves it's mental isn't it it is the wolves i'm very upset that we couldn't get a wolf to come and uh talk to us obviously he thinks that we're the three little pigs or something <laughs> he wouldn't be wrong, would he? Really? Let's be honest. Wait, no, it's Lamsey. Lamsey's the it, one from, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, the one who said it's the Wolves. Yeah. Lamsey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Remind everybody because I've forgotten completely. Where? What? To what are we referring? To what they, do we have to explain to the Americans? Well, it, well the Americans would know. It's a Hanna Barbera cartoon, I think, from the nineteen sixties or seventies called "It's the Wolf." That's right. Um, and there was a wolf. What's the wolf's name? Oh God, I can't remember. It's so something wolf. Uh, and there's a lamb in it. You know. Uh, and obviously, you know, every time the wolf gets near, the lamb shouts, it's it's the wolf, it's the wolf. You don't get this on any other podcast. <laughs> that I can guarantee. Um, JK, I think uh, we, need, we need to talk about team selection, which will be troubling. Troubling, I believe, this week. Um, I already fessed up to you earlier on that I'm now aware that Havertz might be fit, which changes everything. But I've, what I've gone for is broadly, broadly similar to what, what, what we had. Mind you, everything is so fluid. I, I've gone Mendy in goal. I think Chalaber in for uh, Aspie because, I, you know, Chalaber we know is fit enough to start because he, he played a bit the other day. Uh, I'm going to go Silva in, in central defence because he's so damn crucial to us. Rudiger, excuse me, Rudiger on the left because, again, he's pretty crucial too. Um, midfield is just an absolute shambles. I mean, James, obviously, uh, Alonso because there's no other choice. I've gone for Kovacic and Kante on the basis that I heard in the press today that Jorginho and uh, Cheek are both injured. But as we were saying with Adam in part one, they may well be okay, and it would be a monstrous risk to risk both Kovacic and Kante. And then I said on the basis that I didn't realise that Havertz is now possibly fit and available, we really had no other choice up front other than to start Ziyech, Pulisic and Mount again, given that all the other strikers are, are not fit. So it's a bugger's muddle, mate. Well expressed, Chich. I love that expression. My goodness me, it's it's 18th century. We should be speaking like that, shouldn't we? That be a bugger's muddle. Art. That's right. Um, art. Art. Um, uh, can I ask what's what, what is Christensen injured, or is this still the contract problem? Well, I've gone on the basis that there's there's. I mean, I think Adam uh, pointed it out, didn't he? In part one, he, he's actually not been in good form since he. No, 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 indeed. So you perhaps Chalaber. Well, but Chalaber's been injured, though. You're surprised. I suppose he gave him those minutes. But yeah, I would play Chalaber uh, every time. He's 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 proved that he's a class act. So um, may I say that the wonderful Guinness moment of um, when we scored the goal uh, last night, where Silver. Um, I can't remember the name of their centre forward with their one decent player got the ball and ran towards him and he just sort of faced up to him and just crunched him with, and came away with the ball and passed it down the field and it went to Reese James it went to Mount it was in the net back of the net and it was another moment of going oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh I mean oh. weirdly weirdly actually there were a lot of potential Guinness moments last night and we, we played were. some great football in that first it half it it just, we couldn't put well, the he, bloody ball in the net even Silver um, um, heading the ball and and, and 
Pickford doing that wonderful save. Yeah. You know, that was a that was a terrific header as well. Yeah, there was some great moments. I mean, oh, bloody hell. Um, um, I think, uh, well, unless one of them is patched up, unless Jorginho is somehow injected again and patched up, I, I've got the impression from the um, from the presser that he'll play Kovacic and Kante from the start. Mm. I got that. So I agree with you. And, I, and Alonso will play. And as you say, um, uh, Pulisic won't play. He'll play Havertz. It, it, presuming Havertz is actually fit. But he said he was fit. He All said right. he, had, go. he said he hadn't got it. He said he just felt ill, but he hadn't got it. The right. second he, he did two tests and he hadn't got it. Right. So whether whether he if he still still feels ill, he won't play. Mount was Mount was great. And once again, I said Zayek had a very good first half indeed. So I think it'll be Zayek um, uh, Zayek Havertz Mount, which is a very decent three, isn't it? Let's be honest. There we're not. We're not. We're, I mean, I've, in the end, that team if they well, Kovacic Kante won't be fit, but if they do play, they'll at least be. Um, that's a decent side, even if there's only seventy five percent coming. On paper, them. it's an excellent side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, I accept that. Take Pulisic out, put Havertz in. You know, that's that's not far short of of, of what we would what we might call one of our first teams. Yeah, you know. Completely. So, Completely. but as you said, it that doesn't tell the whole story, does it, Mark? No, it doesn't. Um, but before I do that, because we are live, um, this is breaking news. Oh, 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 oh! We have breaking news. The, the Football Association is set. So, guys, hold on to your hats. If you go back to nineteen ninety four. The Football Association is set to launch an investigation into former referee David Ellery. It's understood the allegations against Ellery have been made by former FA staff members. So he's been investigated by you know, the, the, the governing body about his previous conduct, conduct. Clearly not yet proven, but there'll be many people on here saying about fucking time. But is this to do with taking payments and being swayed or is this to do with... Um, oh, no. Don't, uh, uh, we other, don't know. Uh, other, Bull- bullying or something. Yeah. We don't know. We yeah, don't. This is hot off the press in the last hour, JK. Wow. They're basically saying there's an investigation into his conduct. So watch this space, people. Well, but, I never. I mean, that is... Well, I know. I'm quite yeah. surprised. I'm thinking, well, we, yeah, well, let's but wait he, and see. But he, was a teacher at, he was a teacher at a public school, so... He was know. a teacher at Harrow. He was. He was indeed. He yeah. was, so... Yeah, I don't Har- wish... Harrow boys never trustworthy. Everybody knows that. Any I fool want, know I, that. I wanted him in any fool. Yes, any fool know that. Yeah, yeah. Molesworth. In terms I'd like of... to leave that hanging, though, that aspect that he was a, a teacher at a public school. Yeah. What are you like... trying to say, JK? <laughs> nothing, nothing, well, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. No. I went to a public school. Several of the teachers there were absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> Back to my team. Yeah, I think we better, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> One of them, Working if you the did basis. very well in a French test, would invite you to the front of the class and would put his hand in your shirt and play with your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god mark <laughs> rescue me please uh, no, back to back to my team working on the basis that everybody is fit you know and available for selection um very similar um to what you said with a couple of variations and jk did a variation as well mendy in goal rudiger silver at the back i'm going to punt that christensen's going to get brought back in i think he's been out uh, in the uh, on the right yep yeah, on the right uh, again, working on the basis of everyone's fit, you lack a choice. James, Kante, Kovacic, Alonso, Zayic, Havertz and Mount up front. So I, I agree with JK in the front line. Clearly, if Kante or Kovacic aren't fit, I would have Chalabar in midfield. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point, isn't it? And we made it in part one, but, you know, we know that Reese can play in midfield, although I wasn't massively impressed with him playing in there the other week. We know that Chalobah can, and we know we know that Christensen can as well. He's done it for Denmark. Do you think he might, Chidge, then uh, not play either and play James and Chalabar midfield and play Dave at, at wing-back? Well, I mean, it's possible. It would be a very inexperienced midfield, I have to say. It, it would. And, I mean, I think, I think the trouble with James playing in midfield... Well, I mean, you do get that creative. I mean, you know, you, I mean, basically, if you play James in midfield, you have to accept that you're not going to have a good wing back on the right. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, Dave's got no pace and his crossing is nothing compared to James's, but he could do the job. You could argue that Pulisic could do the job, too. I mean, he's he's played as a wing back and he did it at Dortmund. So, you know, that's an option, perhaps. Um, as I said, Christensen and Chaloba have both played in midfield Christensen I know has done it for Denmark as I said and Chaloba's certainly done it when he's been on loan it's always the possibility of course that he'll pick um, uh, Barkley and Saul well deep deep and utter joy I mean uh, my, my, my cup of joy runneth over <laughs> ye gods what a fucking nightmare that would be oh, um, so I mean the rolling routes we don't know it's just nuts isn't it it's absolutely nuts listen um, one thing I do think we can say with certainty is that you know, Wolves will be absolutely no no pushover. Um, you know, they. Uh, I mean, you know, we 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 lost there last season, didn't we? Two one um, under Frank. Uh, we did, of course, wallop them five two when uh, tomorrow was it. Tammy got a hat trick, didn't he? And Tamori scored a worldie. But I mean, this season they're an odd they're an odd side. I mean, they're actually sitting in eighth, having had a pretty dreadful start. So Bruno Lager has done a decent job. I do hope the Wolves fans have a chant for him going Lager, 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 as in the old uh, Underworld song. That would amuse me. They probably don't have enough wit to have done that. Um, the other thing is they don't score any goals. I mean, they've literally scored three goals in their last five matches. So they've had two nil-nil draws against Burnley at home and Norwich away, which is a bit weird when you consider where Burnley and Norwich are in the league. And yet they only lost one nil to Liverpool at home a couple of weeks ago and they lost 1-0 to City away uh, after that which is a pretty decent result really if you think about how good Liverpool and City are and good at scoring uh, and they beat uh, you know what are a pretty stubborn Brighton side 1-0 this week so they don't score many goals I'm very curious as to what Tuchel said in the presser today about the Wolves chaps um, a couple of quotes I've dug out here from London. he said they're disciplined with a clear structure and they're very hard to break down which is why they don't concede many goals, I would imagine. It's hard to create chances against them. It's hard to break their defensive line. We need to be very careful of their speed and individual quality up front. I mean, it's obviously going to be a tough match, I think, even if we were at full strength. And I think the thing that worries me most, Mark, is, you know, we seem to have this... I mean, it's it's an old cliche. or It's an old cliche, but it's a, quite a modern phenomenon, I think, which is actually really good teams like us are at their most vulnerable when we're on the attack in their penalty area at a set piece or something and the ball ricochets off somebody's arse and they just hit you on the break because we put so many men forward and effectively that's that's kind of what happened well not didn't really happen with with Everton's goal last night obviously because that was a free kick but we've seen it happen well, he fell over his own foot the bloke yeah but yeah yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, also ZH's ridiculous pass where he booted it as hard as he could and it hit bloody Jorginho in the mush. Yes. I mean, that didn't help. 
But I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, we. I mean, I think the point is that actually we looked vulnerable against Everton last night when they did exactly that. They won the ball at a set piece in their own area and they just bombed forward and caught us flat-footed. And that, and that and if you've got if you're playing a team like Wolves, you can see that Mark as they're 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 kind of one genuine tactic to either hit us on the break or or get a set piece goal, and they're very hard to break down. So it's it, it worries me a bit because of that. And yeah, I don't want to worry you too much because I know you can sometimes worry, and I wouldn't want to spoil your weekend. But I'm a warrior, see, not a warrior, Mark. Yeah, warriors come out to play. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, BBC Sport Wolves today. So this is a hold my beer moment. They basically said today, Adam Triori has no goals and no assists so far this season. <laughs> and I'm thinking, fuck, hold my beer. Jesus. <laughs> you see, you, you've saved me, Mark, because if you remember last week, I did promise you that from now on, uh, I'd get a lot, I get a lot of my previews from uh, Flash Score, who always have a hot stat. Yeah. And I said, I need to put in my own worrying stat of the week. And well done, Mark, because I completely forgot, and you've just done it for me. That is qualified as my worrying stat of the week. At least he didn't play for us. Yeah, true. If he played for us, he definitely wouldn't assist. But then again, our goal the other night, and I do think, especially away from home, I think we were a good side, you know, hitting teams on the break. we just got to make sure we're solid at the back afterwards. You know, because our goal came from a break last night. Everton were in our end of the pitch, and we broke quickly forward. So, um from what you said, Chidge, about the, the free kick just hitting somebody coming down and they go on the break, it's, it's so interesting how the lesser players, these two lesser players we keep talking about, Barkley and uh, Saul, the number of times that, that um, Barkley has a shot from the edge of the area having dithered and it hits somebody and rebounds and they've got an attack. The, the football is so athletic and nuanced nowadays that the second that you do something... Um, that puts pressure on on the defence by doing by by dithering and having a shot when it's completely the wrong thing to do. The the ball will be rebound and they're away. You need we, we, it, it. It seems to me that that there is a that this is a mentality thing. I think was a mentality of playing Barkley and Saul. They were both guilty of that last night in the second half. They put more and more pressure on the defence, which means they're always going to be slightly more stretched. Now, if Wolves want to play this way for the whole of the game we've really got to be on our metal because uh, uh, the slightest error like that they'll just be up the other end of flash that's the only way they're going to possibly score but Wolves' position in the table is also strengthened by their performances away from home they have they have dropped a few at home this season they I know they lost to Tottenham they lost to Brentford and they lost to Liverpool last time round with that last minute goal so maybe Wolves like us are a better side away from home so that could work to our advantage but they have to come out, you know, said, provided we defend resi- resi- resiliently at the back, we hit them on the break and that's how we beat them. Yeah, I, I don't know more. I mean, I, I, I absolutely take your point about the fact that, A, they do better away from home and, you know, in many ways they're more suited to that, which would seem to validate what you're saying. But I think a lot of these sides, when they're playing a side like Chelsea or City or Liverpool, I mean, Christ, we've done it ourselves. You know, when they're playing a really good team that's much better than them, they have no problem in playing like they do away at home. You know, and 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 uh, you know, pack the defence, soak up the pressure, and hit teams on the break. So, I take your point, but I, I wonder how applicable that is when when a side like Wolves does play Chelsea. I don't see them taking the game to us. Put it that way. Yes. So there we go. So um, it's it's I, I mean it's a tough one to call, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, we don't we don't know we don't know 
really who on earth Tuchel is going to pick. We know that we have doubts about a lot of the squad players he might fill in, which is worrying. Uh, we, we've already outlined a kind of a, a potential tactical, well, I wouldn't necessarily call it a tactical weakness, but it's it's a vulnerability, shall we say. We also know that, that Wolves don't score any bloody goals, JK. So how, how do you see it going? Yeah, but only three sides have conceded fewer PL home goals than the Midlanders. That's what you said. So it'll be 1-1. Well, I'll, I'll remind you of what I said, uh, if I can find it. Uh, yeah. Right. They've, they're on a six-game run featuring four or fewer oh. total goals. Well, that's not it. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. There we go. Oh, I can't find the thing anyway. But I, I, if you told me that I said that, then I absolutely you believe did. it. Yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah. You said scoring first could be Wolves' key to victory. Yeah. Well, I again, I think against a team like them who is inevitably going to, you know, defend deep and part of the bus and try and hit us on the break, if they get a spawny set-piece goal... Yeah. Then they'll just they'll just shut up shop and, and just try and try and I mean and they're quite resilient. I mean they held out for that one nil against Brighton under a lot of a lot of a, uh, pressure for eleven minutes of added time apparently the other night. So we know that they I mean they're very well organised. It's really interesting actually because I don't know much about this Bruno Lager at all. You know and I think many people thought well that's it that's Wolves relegated then because Spirito Santo was a good manager for them I thought. And who, did, who is this Bruno Lager? And yet, you know, he's, he's he was an assistant at Swansea or something, wasn't he? But I think he's done very well. I mean, they, they, I mean, you know, they they look relegation certainties. They're up to eighth, so he's without doubt made them an organised side, if nothing else. You know, and that can go a long way in this league, as we know. Anyway, you're reckoning you're reckoning one one, yeah? Yeah. On what basis? Because that appears to be the default score at the moment, doesn't it? We all come in with 4-0 and 3-0 and all these big, big results we think that the team should be able to do because they're far superior to them. And we will no doubt have 80% possession. But it seems to me that as we can't score, let's just give in to the fact that we can't score. We'll probably score one and they'll go down up, down the other end and get, get a... It'll probably be their only shot of the whole of the game. This is the cynic in me speaking. This is the disappointed man who can't believe we're playing at the moment. And our manager says, I don't know what to do, practically. I've never heard anything like that, him saying, I don't know what, how, what the, how, why this is happening. That seems a, a bizarre thing for this this genius of a manager who won us the well, Champions League to say. I mean, but if that's the case, let's go with it. Let's establish that we're not going to score goals and uh, and they'll get one because the defence will just have a lapse on, on the one occasion and it'll be 1-1. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, if you don't eradicate the mistakes, then you get punished for them in this league. doesn't matter how crap. This is the team that were, were, all they did was have nothing against them. It was nil. For ages and ages and ages, we were immaculate. You well, I mean, I, 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 I disagree with Matt Law on that point because I, I think the reason why the defence has been shonky recently is because you've taken out the protection. Yeah. You know, you take Kovacic or Kante out of that midfield and, in fact, also Chilwell, i.e. you put Alonso in. I think the back three lose the protection that they had so well hitherto. Yeah. You know, I think that's the reason why the defences look shonky. And also, yes, because they're human they're going to make mistakes. And, you know, this league is good enough for any team to be able to punish you for that mistake. Um, Mark, um, here's the question, really. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, actually, because Flash Scores say this as well. And it's just, I mean, it's kind of really weird. This is this is why you need to kind of, I always think, you know, be quite suspicious of stats and actually believe your own eyes. Because Flash Score have the temerity to say here that the... Uh, 
Even so, Chelsea's attacking potency is in no doubt. Actually, I'll read you the whole thing. Chelsea lost just their second Premier League away game under Tuchel on their last road trip, which of course was against West Ham, and have now conceded four goals across their previous two Premier League away games. Even so, Chelsea's attacking potency is in no doubt, with the Blues aiming to complete a run of five consecutive Premier League away games with two-plus scored goals for the first time since July 2020. So if you read Flash score, it would be, no, 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 It's it, the defence is a bit leaky, but we're still scoring loads of goals. And yet we witnessed what we witnessed against Everton last night, which is the complete and utter opposite. No, good point, good point. Um, I, I, I would sort of think after last night, yeah, with all those chances we missed, it would be so typical Chelsea that we go out and get a really good result against Wolves at the weekend. Yeah, because yeah, yeah Flash Moore is right in that respect. Like the one thing we do do is we can score goals. What he's been missing in recent weeks is you know that impenetrable defence at the back, and we've been leaking goals. Another reason, again, if we bring Christensen back in, and if everybody's fit, and if we have Kovacic and Kante in midfield against Wolves, you get that you know extra protection of the defence. So you know, if all those things you know being equal, we should be able to keep a clean sheet at the weekend and win this game by one or two nil. Yeah. I mean, it's still tough to call, I think. I mean, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This this is a banana skin game, quite easily. You know, like last season, we're playing, this is quite weird. Like, I know it's home in the ways it varies, but we're playing like the same set of teams in December last year. Um, we, you know, this year that we did last year, we played Leeds at home last year. We played Wolves away. We played Everton away, although we played at home this week. And we played Aston Villa. You know, same bunch of game in December. And that's when it went horribly wrong for Frank. So this game is a massive banana skin that we could easily lose this in the way we chucked it away last year. But we should be capable of beating Wolves by one or two goals. Mm. Well, we're a better team. We're better team. I, I still think a lot will depend on, 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 on who he picks. And if he does pick Kante and Kovacic, how fit they are. And in fact, can they, can they sustain 90 minutes? Because the alternative is just unconscionable, i.e. the, uh, you know... What do you want to call them? Dumb and dumber. But can you imagine in your prem predictions? If, you know, I know you can't predict scorers. Can you imagine if someone predicted Saul to score the winning goal at Wolves? You know, yeah. you'd have to win the rest. You'd have to win prem predictions for the rest of the season just on that prediction alone. It's the kind of thing Marco would certainly put money on. Yeah, he probably would actually. Yeah, yeah Saul to score at the weekend. Or DJ. <laughs> DJ does bets like that. You know. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he used to bet on Steve Clark to score every week. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. JK, kind of final question. I mean, I know you're going for one one all and Mark's going for what? I'll go 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. JK, final question. I mean, we're now... Uh, what? How much... Sorry, I need to go and check because I can't remember, which is very unprofessional. But uh, we're now four points behind City and three behind Liverpool. Uh, worryingly, Man United... Uh, actually, no, they're still miles behind Tottenham, weirdly. Of course, this will never happen, but... They, they've got three games in lieu, and if they won all three, that would be another nine points. They'd be on 34, so they don't, they'd effectively be three points behind us. Now, the other week we were on the show saying, well, what we've got to do in this incredibly tricky period is to stay in touch with Liverpool and City. I, I think four points behind is still in touch with Liverpool and City. Obviously, we're only, only three behind Liverpool. It's only a game, isn't it? A game and a draw. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty good, yeah. But if we if we lose to Wolves on Sunday, yeah. where do yeah. you think, and they both win, that gap gets increased to seven and six. Where do you think we are then? Tuchel out. Oh, come on, seriously. <laughs> Don't even say it in jest. <laughs> of course I didn't mean it. Um, uh, uh, well, I know, I, I think we do that. We, 
we have to get a run. We have to get back to a run of being consistent, of not giving goals away and scoring. Then you win. We're good enough to beat anybody. Well, I think we're good enough to beat anybody with our first 11. Yeah, well, indeed. 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 That's why I, I, I... I think Tuchel even hinted at it, didn't he? He said that I think it's going to be a, a cup competition is something that we're going to win this year. I, do, I think he, he gave the impression that he thought the league was going to be out of our hands just from fate, fate and, and illness and injury. Yeah, well, look at Liverpool the other season. That same thing happened to them. Well, it was also interesting to watch uh, Van Dijk not playing during the week against Newcastle. And they I mean, struggled. They, they struggled completely. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mark, I, I know you want to ask questions, by, by all means do, but I, I want to lob this one in here as well from what JK said. You know, in terms of our... our I mean, I have to say, I'd like to kick in the bollocks everybody on the, in the media, Ian Dark particularly last night, saying that Chelsea are a crisis club and how can we go from being the best team in the world and title favourites to being, oh, we might just scrape into top four in the space of two weeks. But the reality is... Yes, we were all very hopeful because we were playing very, very well. But the reality remains, Mark, that we finished 25 points and 15 points behind Man City and Liverpool last season. And we know historically that it's rare, nigh on unheard of, to make up that gap in one season. So maybe our expectations, as in fact Tuchel did in the summer, should have been tempered by that. Yeah, I, I, I agree. We, we've actually come a long way in a short period of time under, under Tommy T. Uh, but, you know, there is a bit about fate and about luck. And it comes back to also the point we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Can you imagine if there is a pause? I'm not saying there would, would be. I think the Wolves game will go ahead this weekend. But if there was a pause for like a couple of weeks, in some respects, that actually works in Chelsea's favour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get our squad back at precisely the right time, because you're going at the second part of the season. And who do we play very early on in January? We play Liverpool and we play Man City. Yeah. So again, yeah, it makes it even more important, just in case there is a break, that we do beat Wolves on Sunday and keep in touch in distance of them. Because they get, those two games are going to be key. You know, even if we were six points behind the pair of them going into that period of January, if we beat Liverpool and get a result at the Etihad, yeah, you know, it does still give us a fighting chance of a remaining contention for the league. But you know, it comes down to fate. It comes down to luck. You know, is it, uh, do, are City and Liverpool's games on this weekend? I don't know. I've not looked. Yeah. That's a very good question, and one I can find the answer to yeah. very, very quickly. What What I would say, Mark, is that yeah. you know, I think I think if there's a, if there is a lockdown coming, and if if something dramatic does happen that that does lead to a cancellation of a lot of games then I think it's it's more likely to be in January because the government don't want to cancel Christmas, do they? Oh, no, I, I, I think there's a lockdown. If it happens, it's going to be in January. Well, that would be great. I, I would like to vote now for a lockdown for the football in the first two weeks of January, which means we avoid having to play Liverpool and City now. And then and hopefully we'll have to play them a lot later when our best team is available. And again, it's a completely different scenario altogether. But when you had the great freeze, you know, in 1963... When Chelsea were top of the second division, running away with the league, and so many games in January and February got postponed, that by the time football returned, you know it worked against Chelsea, and they they scraped promotion, you know, eventually on the last game by beating Portsmouth by seven goals to go up on goal difference. That can work in the same way. Whoever might be top of the league now, that if you end, and it could it could harm us as well because we've got a lot of games to play. Throw in the African Nations Cup as well. That's two games we've already got to play at some stage. Exactly. 
so it could work against Liverpool and Man City, you know, that they get a fixture pile up you know, as well. And sometimes it's better to have points on the board, you know, than actually playing games to play catch up. Right. So, yeah, we might find a situation that if we're close enough to them or ahead of them, you know, going into some kind of lockdown or break and someone gets a fixture pile up, they won't necessarily get all the points on the board when they play catch up. Well, I mean, dare, dare I say it, but that's the kind of thing that used to afflict Leeds in the late 60s and early 70s when they would be... There'd be because they were always deep into all sorts of competitions. They'd be playing so many games. I mean, isn't that that legendary one where they they got mugged off by Wolves to everybody's hilarity? But they were playing basically three games a week or a game every two days or something nuts in May, weren't they? Oh, absolutely. If you think sixty nine seventy, you know, at Leeds at one point in that season, we were talking about them last week. Sixty nine seventy, our hatred of them. Um, they were going for the treble. Yeah. Yeah. Want nothing. nothing. (laughs) (laughs) How we laughed. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I've laughed so much I can't remember what I was going to say now. So I know what I will say. I I think I'm I'm going to err on the side of optimism, but cautious optimism, and I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea because I think that fits in very much keeping with, you know, how uh, how wolves how wolves play and I mean City only beat them one nil Liverpool only beat them one nil if we beat them one nil there that's not a bad result compared you know compared to what City and Liverpool did I'm gonna I'm gonna end the show with this which is uh, and I think it's a really and I'm not gonna end the show with this because I'm gonna let Mark say something first I was gonna suggest we end the show with a song okay well yeah if you've been keeping the I have the Rangers song. Mr. Otten. Well, let's Mr. let's finish let's finish with that, yeah. okay? Yeah. And then I'll yeah. make the point I was going to make because I think J.K. Yeah. mentioned this earlier. Oh, by the way, Mark, uh, Liverpool are away to Tottenham and City are away to Newcastle on Sunday, and at the moment those games are still going ahead. Mm. They've not been postponed, that's for sure. Um, you know, J.K. quite rightly, I think, noticed how miserable Tuchel was after the presser right after the match last night, and I, I would say that he's not a machine, even though we like to call him man machinin', but. Uh, you know, I think he's quite an emotional guy, actually. And I think he's actually admitted that. He says that he can fly off the handle and be really angry one minute, but then he kind of, you know, he, he, he's got an ability to rupture and repair, which is a very human quality. His, his comments today, I think, were much more measured and a lot more positive, actually. And, I mean, he did say this, JK. He said, if we continue to put the effort in, we will get the output. There is no alternative to giving everything. Now, I take that as quite a positive, you know, affirmatory statement, you know, which is, no, yeah. you know, we're still good. We're going to give it a go. So, you know, I think that that, that fills me with a little bit of optimism, actually, that he's he's still the man. He's still the boss. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, we, we, none of us want to see him um, go. None of us want to see, none of us enjoy having the team facing these constant hurdles that we're getting at the moment with the injuries and COVID hasn't, is, isn't helping in the slightest, but um, um, one always hopes these things are a blip, but uh, once again, one just has to remember that he won the champions league with this team in 36 games. So, you know, that there will be um, uh, improvement around the corner. I mean, it's, it's inevitable because of his philosophy and the, the, the greatness of him as a manager. I mean, you know, to go on to the point that I was making earlier on, and I know, I know that a lot of people will hear me say this and go, oh, Chid, you're so bloody negative and defeatist and blah, 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 we're the best team in the world blah, 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 and we should win everything. Blah, 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 blah. But I actually think if we finish third within 10 points of Liverpool and City, that's, that is actually quite a remarkable turnaround given that we finished 25 and 15 points behind them last season, actually. 
Yeah, ab absolutely right. And again, sometimes part of the problem is being at top so early, it creates a, a false level of expectation. Well, we know it from it, last it, season, Mark. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Frank came out the block doing really well, but then it all went to shit in December. But if you look at where we are now, irrespective of whether the game goes ahead next week, you know, we're in a cup quarterfinal against Brentford. Um, FA Cup to come. Good position in the Champions League. I think most people will be happy with the draw earlier in the week with Lille. And third in the league. That's not a bad way to end 2021. And as European champions still. And as European champions. And I've got the T-shirt to prove it. You have yeah. indeed. There we go. Yeah. Now, um, I'm going to let you boys do your song because I know what it is. I'm, I just want to inform you because I know that there's nobody else listening, so it's safe to do this. But yeah. I have I have potentially come up with a Reese James song, which I will audition for you privately. And then if you like it... it may another well, Reese James another song. Another Reese James song. Oh, aren't there too many? Maybe. Okay, but I still, I still like. There is nothing in the world. Nothing. I sang nothing, it. I sang it. Did last you really? Night. Yes. <laughs> to jeers. To jeers. So that was. So actually, they weren't booing the team and, and Tuchel last night. They were actually booing your Reese James song. Right. I took my daughter and she said, "Oh God, sit down, <laughs> sit down." She said, sit down. In a, "You're so embarrassing." Yeah. Shush. Yeah. You do realise when we when when we have sort of safe standing in January, that'll be the chant coming from the shed upper. <laughs> right now, listen. If you're going to sing this song, it can only be one of you because you'll just be horribly out of sync. As J.K. knows very well. Right. Does J.K. know the song? No, I was oh, supposed right. to listen to it, wasn't I? Can you give me a reference quickly? It's it's Abba's Super Trooper. Oh, all right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay, got you, yeah. If I tell you the song and then... You've got you... the lyric. You've got the yeah. lyric. Okay, here's the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Mount Kaimendi. Hang on, writing it down quickly. Yeah. Mount, Mount Kaimendi. Kaimendi Reese yeah. James and Kante. Reese James and Kante. Kante, yeah. Playing in Raw Blue. Chelsea through and through. Won the European Cup for you. Almost, hang on, Chelsea, through and through. Won the European Cup for you. Think Super Trooper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do who do we get to the umbaba umbaba as well? <laughs> we can we 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 can be the band. <laughs> so what the tops again is Mount what Mount Kai. Mount Kai, Mendy, Rishi, James and Kante. Yeah. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Off you yeah. go then. Yeah. Um, and we get it right, the, get, get the key. <laughs> <laughs> Mount Kai, Mendy. Mount Kai, Mendy, Reese, James and Kante playing in royal blue. Chelsea through and through. Won the Europe, won the European Cup for you. One, two, three. Mount Kai, Mendy, Reese, James and Kante playing in royal blue. Chelsea through and through. Won the European Cup for you. Gotcha, I've got it, I've got it. It should be a different key for me. Mount Kai Mendy, Reese James and Kante playing in royal blue. Two, three, four. Chelsea through and through. Two, three, four. Won the Europe, won the European Cup 
for you. Gotcha. Very, very good, JK. <laughs> Nick, yeah, very good, very good. That, that was Nick from the from the Rangers fans, wasn't it? Wasn't Nick from the Rangers fans? Yeah, far be it from me to promote a Rangers song. Yeah, but they did, they did, they did well. There we go. What a note to end it on. Let's hope Chelsea turn up on Sunday. Let's hope the game goes ahead. Let's hope that uh, we don't get any more players down with COVID. Let's hope that none of you lot go down with COVID at this late hour before Christmas. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I mean, stay safe, everybody. That's the obvious message. Now, JK and I will be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show with no lesser mortals than Dan Silver and Alex Churchill at 7pm. And we, of course, will... Of course, if it goes ahead, looking back at the Wolves match. And again, if it goes ahead, looking ahead to the Brentford match, because there is doubt about that, isn't there? With, I mean, if Brentford have lost 13 players to COVID, they're going to be unavailable for 10 days. So I'd be amazed if that goes ahead, actually, on uh, on Wednesday. But anyway, we shall see. If it does, we'll be talking about it. Don't worry about that. Or even we'll be talking about it, whether it goes ahead or not, because obviously we'll be previewing it on uh, on Monday. And on Thursday night, we'll be back with a preview show. Yeah, Thursday night, because we're not going to do Friday night next week because it's Christmas Eve. So that would be rather poor show, I think, to do a show on Christmas Eve. So hopefully we'll be doing it on Thursday night. Uh, me, JK and Tony. And as I said, we'll be looking back at the Brentford match if it goes ahead. And we'll be looking ahead to the Brighton match, which I think is on the 29th, isn't it? 28th or 29th. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll be looking ahead to it whenever they are, because that's what we do. Um, I should, CFC UK will tell me. I have the latest issue. 29th. Yeah, so is that we're, we're, away? We're, is that away or home? It's home. a home. It's a home. Yeah, I mean, we're doing the preview well early, but there we go. Such is life. Um, right, that is it for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening, especially you lovely people in Mixler. We will see you next week uh, and uh, on Monday, in fact. And until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 